that's a growler. It's Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to the Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and why does he have cat's eyes? <laughs> the movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howith. Yeah. I'm Tierney Steele. <laughs> I'm Gary Roby. And I'm Victoria Cope. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having us Yeah, back. good to be back. Welcome back to a very exciting minute. That Thomas is probably going to try and talk as little as possible about, but that's okay. We got this. I uh, just want to check in how everyone's holding up. If you, everyone's okay, listeners, do you have a loved one nearby whose hand you can hold? Today <laughs> we're going to talk about minute 72, which starts with more scary music as we slowly zoom in on Gamork's face. And it ends with Gamork mocking Atreyu by saying, Brave warriors and fight the nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy that someone else is here who can watch this minute not through, like, peeking through their fingers over their, <laughs> their hands over their eyes. I had to turn the lights on, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the first note is going to ask you to look very closely at this Gamork puppet, which, first of all, his nose keeps moving as he's talking. It's adorable. Is that red on his face, especially around his nose, supposed to be blood? Yes, it looks like he was injured in some way. Aww. It looks it looks really good. And I mean, like my dog, we have a an upstairs and a downstairs. And we're, when we're downstairs, sometimes she'll sniff at the underneath the door mm-hmm. trying to get downstairs. And she'll do it so often sometimes that she'll she'll get a little cut on the, the edge of her nose. Aww. And it looks just like this. Like <laughs> this is actually pretty fantastic with how well they did this. <sighs> Poor puppy. Scorched his nose. <laughs> it's nice and moist. <laughs> He's got an extra set of fangs, really. He's got, like, two canines, a longer one and then a shorter one on each side. Yeah. And they're sideways. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> longer ones don't fit in his mouth. They stick out they a bit. They don't fit. Uh-huh. Like I said, they're like boar tusks. <laughs> <laughs> they, do, they, are, they do seem kind of very similar to, to boar tusks. Yeah. Weird. What is the Gamort? Like, is he just, is supposed to be, like, a wolf? Like, I know he represents something else, but... In the books, he's a werewolf. A werewolf? That can actually, that can travel between um, Fantasia and the real world. (gasps) Ooh. Yeah, werewolves apparently can do that. Things Remus Lupin never told us. He's got (laughs) more power in the book, and and it's definitely more intricate and more interesting to me. What they do with him in the book. Sure. Because in this, he's just an animal that's chasing him. And you find out, you know, in, in these minutes that he's got a backstory of sorts. But it's nowhere near as intricate as the other one where he was kind of, I think, if I remember correctly, he's kind of like following the story from both sides. Interesting. In the book. The idea of him, like, getting into the real world is scary. Yeah. Do you remember what it said that they were like in the other world, Tierney? Were they, like, bad people? In the other world? Um, it depends on how you're reading it. When you're a little kid, you literally read it as a werewolf. Like, he looks like a wolf in Fantasia. He looks like a human in the real world. He's a werewolf regardless. Like, okay. that's it's just what form he's taking. Now that I'm older and analyzing things, you could kind of read it as that. Because when he's acting to bring about the nothing... 
he's he's encouraging the bad behavior that leads to the destruction of Fantasia. Yeah. So I guess you could say that, but I always took it more as like, no, he's a werewolf. Sometimes he looks like a wolf. Sometimes he looks like a dude. Yeah, and in the book, there are multiple werewolves that yeah, can do this. Yeah, he's not the only one. He's oh. just he's, he's he's just one that's mark. like reaching for power kind yeah. of thing. Okay, I mentioned before that uh, in the book there isn't like this temple museum, Atreya Wing, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, it's a deserted city. It's it's supposed to have been the city, I believe, where all the ghosts live. Like it's called the city of the dead, but they have all been destroyed by the nothing. They were like. Because it said as the nothing gets closer, it almost works like a magnet, like people are called towards it. And so the nothing had gotten close enough, everyone had left the city. And so it was just completely empty, except for this werewolf who is chained to a platform. I forget if it's that they were going to kill him, because, you know, he's a bad guy, or if they just captured him. I don't remember Hmm. how he came to be chained up. But Atreyu says, oh, I'll free you. And And in the book, the werewolf is like, if you do that, I'm going to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, just, I'm just telling you right out. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's a whole, like, debate of, like, Atreyu says, but what I should do is free you. And he's like, but I will then kill you. That's quite a situation to be in. Like, I want to help you, but you don't want me to help you. Or, like, yeah. nothing good will come for it if for I me. If I help you. Yeah. It's not that he doesn't want to be free. I'm pretty sure he'd very much like to be free. But if he is, he will kill you. Well, then why tell him, if you free me, I'll kill you? He'd just be like, yeah, like, free me and then just kill him. Because they're putting forth to him, like, that quandary. It makes me think of... He has to make a decision. The the Fenris wolf in in Norse mythology, they Uh bind the Fenris wolf and uh, they keep getting, like, bigger and heavier chains because he breaks free of them. And they use it like a game. Like, oh, like, are you strong enough to get through these chains? And when they chain him up the last time, he tells Tyr, like, I don't trust this. Like, if you guys are going to lock me up, I want you to put your hand in my mouth. Like, mm, and I want you to free me. This. And, and Tyr does it. He sacrifices, he puts his hand into his mouth and they bind the Fenris wolf and the wolf can't break the chains and he bites off Tyr's hand. Huh. Do you remember that? I also wonder if if it has something to do with them wanting Atreyu to believe everything that he says. So he mm. wa- they want to show him being completely honest with him, like not hiding anything, not being duplicitous at all. Mm. Like everything I say is the absolute truth. If you let me go, I am going to eat you. And... You know, just like here, he says, you know, if you get any closer, I'm going to eat you. Yeah. And maybe that's just a way of showing him that he's being completely honest with anything that he says from now on. And it gives Atreyu no reason to doubt what he says. Mm. Yeah. It's that the lawful evil. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Proof that Atreyu and I are meant for each other. (laughs) Uh, His instinct is to crouch lower so that his face is actually closer to Gamork's. For this conversation. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He crouches down. His face gets closer. And that's when Gamark says, if you come any closer, I will rip you to shreds. Um, which, of course, made me think of the Wheelers from Return to Oz. But <laughs> that's because I do that podcast. <laughs> we were on for that week, too. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes together. Uh, is Gamork just being super territorial? If you come any closer, I mean, some dogs are like that with their space. I was, when I was a child, I almost, I almost thought that he was trapped there. 
I thought that, you know, there was a reason he couldn't move. Like, maybe something had fallen on him, especially with the building falling apart and stuff. At first, I thought, like, in my first viewing, I remember thinking that he was completely trapped there. Well, and if you look at the way the cave is around him, the stones on either side of his face, I happen to be looking at second 17, but I know it's in different parts of the minute. They're very straight up and down, and so it does almost look like bars. Unlike his teeth. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Now, bars that obviously are far enough apart that he can Mm -hmm. fit right through them. But it does, it it is reminiscent. Like, there is kind of that suggestion of a jail. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there's another character in this minute. um, Atreyu. (laughs) I'm more than happy to talk about him. (laughs) Um, And the fact that he needs to shave all of a sudden. (laughs) I cannot believe you just read my mind. (laughs) (laughs) In second 33, there's it's this like, great oh, shot of him you clearly tell he's starting to get, like, peach fuzz <laughs> on his upper lip. He has a little a little caterpillar there. Oh, I think it's really great. As I'm staring at the picture and you called it. That's funny. It's almost like we've done 72 minutes of a podcast together. <laughs> So, Victoria, go ahead and let's. Let, I, I am interested in hearing what you have to say about this, since this is one of your favorite characters. I want to hear your perspective on all this. Yeah, why do you like this guy so much? Because of this conversation. Okay. <laughs> because of this con. Because exactly because of this conversation. This conversation is a very, to me, very pivotal of the story. It's it's everything coming together, and and the majority of the conversation hasn't even been revealed yet. That's like next minute unfortunately yeah. with the meat of it uh but i've just always liked the design of him i never i don't know because i come from a, a background in which i was very much open to watching anything i don't have a, that level of childhood fear that mm-hmm. people have when they're kids like being scared like my cousin was scared of the flying monkeys and the wizard of oz oh, and you know little things like that i never had that my mom allowed me to watch child's play i remember watching child's play when i was like four and that movie didn't terrify me or scare me at all like i've never been scared from a movie that movie still scares me so stuff like this (laughs) is not scary to me it's like riveting i'm like listening to what he has to say because what he has to say is so important now there there is a level to i mean i joke about how scared i am of, of this but it was never enough to turn me off of the movie I still gladly watched it every it's, single it's like time. It's like a good and, scared. Yeah, I was never, you know, turned away from it. But you did mention Child's Play, and I have to say, while I, when watching the movie, I didn't find it scary. The very first time I watched it, I was I was babysitting my niece or my nephews, and they were all around the ages four to seven. And that night, I stayed in their bedroom up on their upper bunk. And around the walls, around the ceiling, they had a shelf that went around the whole room. And can you guess what was on those shelves? I'm guessing dolls. <laughs> Creepy It was dolls. all dolls and teddy bears and Ew. stuffed things. All night after watching Child's Play, they moved all night. I swear they did. I have, I have an aunt who collects porcelain dolls. Oh, that's funny. And it freaks out my mom. My mom doesn't like them, but they never, I don't, I don't know, things like that don't bother me. I remember being- I thought you were about to say, well, they've never moved. They never moved. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of them will have like little things in the back that you could turn and then they move. Oh, okay. <laughs> Even I had those kind. But- uh 
I don't know. Like with with I was very strange with uh with my relationship with movies. My mom was just really really open, and I I thank her for that because it kind of instilled in me at a very very young age like the difference between reality and fantasy mm. that I was able to remove myself very quite easily even as a child to be like oh well this is just a story I'm turning it off and like it can't hurt me it's it's no big deal like I don't know. Nothing to be scared of. Nothing here. to be scared of here. And then there's good scared. There's things that you watch that kind of like thrill you, yeah. and but you still watch scare. it because you like it. Uh. You know, as opposed to something that you see that you're just like, yeah, I'm never watching that again. <laughs> <laughs> that was I, terrifying. I don't think I've ever been scared in that way. Well, I, uh, I can't say that because there yeah. is one movie that really gets to me, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not going to say what the movie is? Uh, well, have you guys seen the movie Dark Skies? Yes. I have not. I have. I've heard of it. I haven't so, seen it. as a, a child, there was something about... I used to watch Unsolved Mysteries all the time. Oh, oh my... Th- the music from that show was pretty eerie. There's something about the alien segments in that show that always just really got under my skin, and it would give me bad dreams. And then when I watched Dark Skies, I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, oh, Tom, you, you're hilarious, because my, my one and only fear are aliens. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can like, watch scary movies all day long, but that one really get, put me on edge. You ever seen Fire in the Sky? I have not. Or The Fourth Kind? Ooh. I've seen The Fourth Kind. Both of those terrify me. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I won't watch, watch them again. Just, to, just for the thrill. <laughs> the, those I won't watch again. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I won't watch those. Like, I'll see them. My, my husband will make jokes about it, and he's like, oh, we'll watch it. Nope. Not doing it. Like I won't. Like I won't. <laughs> I think fourth with the with the fourth kind, I was kind of like a wreck after after the movie was over. And like my I think my husband finally realized that he's like, Oh, this isn't fun anymore. He's like, <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm like, No, I'm legit like I do not I don't I don't know. This is the thing a weird thing about aliens, it's the only thing I, that bothers me. I just tend to not watch scary movies anyway. Like I don't get enjoyment out of the inge- adrenaline rush of being scared. Right. Like, I just don't find it entertaining for me. Um, if it's a movie that has, like, a really good story and substance or whatever, like, I might give it a chance. But, like, most of the time, I feel like it's just, like, haunted house jump scare stuff. And, like, that's just not fun for me. I feel like that is yeah. inaccurate. Uh, there's lots of horror movies that have excellent stories. Sure. Excellently no, 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 no. written. I know. And that's what I mean is, like, there's so... I tend to skip <laughs> But there is, there is like, levels. it's oversaturated by... Like, I think jump scare stuff, especially in, like, stuff coming out now. Yeah, because you have the heavy jump yeah. scare stuff, but then you have, like, the, the gore hound stuff, too. Not, and, I'm not into that either. And that's a totally See, like, different thing, you know? I couldn't do the gore. But that's why I liked Scream so much, because... Oh, Scream it, is fun. Yeah, Scream was such a good, like, analysis of all that. Yeah. <laughs> while also being a jumpy movie. I don't know if any of you guys listened to it, but uh, Cabin Cast Minute just did their Minute Zero for their podcast, and they were talking about their their Handshake Horror 5, like the five scary movies that meant the most to them in some way. Oh. We're kind of hitting on all of them here as (laughs) as we're talking. Child's Play was on my list because of that story I told. Of course, Dark Skies, because that's actually terrifying to me. And then you just mentioned Scream, and the reason I love Scream is because- I find it hilarious for some reason. I know that probably makes me some kind of psychopath, <laughs> but I watch the movie and every every death scene, I'm laughing because it's so over the top and so crazy, but 
it for some reason that's the funniest scary movie I've ever seen in my life. I I feel that way most of the time when I watch horror movies. Like I must be a psychopath because none of this stuff like really bothers me, and I'm just kind of laughing at certain things and just be like, "This is this is great, great fun." Yeah. Like I love the Saw movies. Like <laughs> Thomas, you have to check out Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <gasps> yes. I oh my feel gosh. like you would really, really enjoy it. That movie's great. Okay. That movie's great. <laughs> I really like that movie. It's so good. And it's 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 exactly what you're describing. Like, oh, this is a horrible death that I am laughing hysterically at the entire time. It's the whole reason why you watch Final Destination is just mm. to watch everyone die. Oh, yes. That's another one. <laughs> that's, that's the whole reason why to watch it is to watch everyone die. Yeah. Because they die <laughs> in such <laughs> great ways. Oh, my God. I didn't see that coming. Like, I can't tell you, it's sad, but I've actually looked it up on YouTube several times. The, uh, the beheading scene with the license plate. Yes. I don't know why I love watching that little scene, and I'll just look up that clip on YouTube. The the only time I got that way over a death wasn't even in a horror movie. It was just a movie I already, I just didn't like. I don't like the movie Meet Joe Black. Mm, I haven't uh-huh. seen that. And, oh, yeah. and there's a scene in which Brad Pitt gets hit by, like, a truck. Dang. And you just yep. see him, like, yeah. fly. And oh, I just yeah, think it's hilarious. Looking backwards as he's mm-hmm. walking. And I'm just like, this is the hilarious turn- thing oh, ever. Yeah. Like, just Aww. watching him get hit by this truck <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> I think I've looked up that one several that times as fun. well. That was great. Oh, this is terrible. This is how much much Tom does not want to talk about the Gamork. We're talking about about horror movies more than we're talking about the Gamork. If Um, anybody's curious, my fifth movie, though, since we've talked about the other four, my fifth movie was Paranormal Activity, and I liked that one so much because it was so unique for its time when it came out. It it did something completely different. It did. And there's something about somebody staring at you while you sleep that really <laughs> gets creepy. Me. It's nope. super creepy. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> See, I don't like realistic horror movies. If I was picking, I would be like Scream, Halloween, Freddy Krueger. Like, these are not things that... They're the, the things ones you're that are definitely fantasy. Like, this isn't gonna happen. And they're still creepy and weird when you're an adult, but I'm not worried about, like... Some guy coming in your dreams. actually happening to me the way I am about. Like, I hate all these super realistic and then also super gory ones that come out now. Mm. I was like, nope. Sin City was kind of my line for that that genre. (laughs) Well, I I know for sure Child's Play would end up being on my list, but I think I'd have to include The First Power. And I don't know if that's considered a horror movie, but I'll put it in the horror movie genre just because it has a lot to do with like uh, devil worship and, mm, and that kind of yeah. stuff. That was that was that was the one time as a child that I got really into a horror movie that my mom kind of like had to take it away from me because I was <laughs> was freaking her out how much I was watching it. She's like, "All right, I think you've had enough." <laughs> I think my dad was worried by how much I loved Carrie as a kid. Oh, He's like, so "Why? Great. Why do you relate to this? Do you need to tell me something?" Um, no, I found out only a couple years ago that my great-grandmother, so, like, my little old lady great-grandmother with her white curly hair thought Rosemary's Baby was, like, the best movie she'd ever seen and loved <laughs> Ooh, it. Ooh, that's, that's like, a good movie, too. What? And my aunt, because I finally read it, and my aunt was like, oh, yeah, you know, she loved that book. And I was like, what is happening <laughs> what? here? Blew, blew your mind. Like, what? It was a very surreal experience watching the movie after knowing that. <laughs> like my grandma likes this <laughs> it's like her favorite <laughs> what does thought, this say about her it was so interesting and she loved at the end and so yeah all right 
I would honestly love to hear from the listeners in the on the Ivory Tower, which it's now I changed its name. Never any minute Ivory Tower. I want to hear what your most terrifying movies to you are and why. If you guys can reach out and let us know, I I, I love sharing in this because it helps. I don't know. There's something therapeutic about sharing stuff like this with other people. Yeah, I mentioned to someone, I was like, oh, I never watched The Shining again. I like couldn't sleep. The first couple times I saw it, I just enjoyed the scary movie aspect. And then it started to kind of get under my skin the more I was picking up on watching it. And so I think I watched it that third time and I just didn't sleep that night. Like at all. Eyes did not close. And so I was like, oh, I'd never watch that again. But the more I've been mentioning that to people, the more I'm like, well, it would be kind of interesting. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I watched that recently, and it's so good. It's just yeah, I pick up freaky. on so much more now. Like just the psychological side of that movie mm. is mm-hmm. absolutely insane. Like only- just knowing that you, you just gets taken over yeah. by mm-hmm. whatever. I've only <laughs> seen The Shining once, but that was like one of the scariest books I've ever read. Oh, Shining is great. Oh. The Shining. Oh, I'm sorry. I only listed four of my favorites. I forgot. My fifth favorite was The Thing. Oh, Oh, wow. The original, I assume. (laughs) Yes. Because as a child, I was being babysat one night, and I was sleeping on the couch, waiting for my mom to come. I was supposed to be sleeping on the couch. (laughs) Waiting for my mom to come home, and my babysitter was watching The Thing. And I was, of course, supposed to be asleep, but I'm, like, watching the movie underneath my arm the whole time. And it's freaking me out. And during one of the jump scares, I, like, screamed or something. And she's like, you're not supposed to be watching this. Like, you you let yourself be be found out. As punishment, she made me stand and watch the rest of the movie with my arms out. Like, you couldn't cover your eyes anymore. Exactly. Like, nope, you must watch the rest. That's scary. No, see, I, here, here's how much of a jerk I am. When I, me and, and a lot of my cousins were taken to the circus for the first time, and I think I was maybe around like 14, but my, my little cousin was very young, like six years old. She had never been to the circus before and get to go around and you get to walk around like the, uh, like the stage area before the show and have them autograph like your little program like the tallest man and the clowns and everything else uh she would not come near the clowns and we discovered very quickly i'm like oh well she's afraid of clowns like she was crying not going near them um and then the plan was after seeing the circus to drop off me and that young that same young cousin uh to my aunt's house so that i could babysit her while she went out that night to go do something else she watched um so yes exactly (laughs) i came home and i put on (laughs) it and made this little six-year-old child watch it uh and now she's definitely a freak so I th- and my mom found out the next day and she goes you're such a jerk and i'm like what like i didn't do anything like you let me watch it when i was young and she's like yeah but you're a sicko it's like thanks mom it's good good to know you got my back all right so i do want to bring this back just a little bit because there are some interesting points of dialogue here oh yes he says come any closer and you're going to be my last meal so he's already expecting to die which I thought was interesting. Now, I thought the line was, I will rip you to shreds. shreds. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I might've written it down wrong. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah he, he's done, <laughs> but he does have a line in there where he says something about his last meal as well. He does seem like he's trapped in there. 
I know you said that before, but I'm like, he do- it, 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 now that you said it, I'm like, oh, it does seem like it, but I mean, we find out yeah, it's and not. And a tree responds to that very bravely, says, I will not die easily. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, I'm a warrior, which mm. Gamork almost laughs off mm. in a way. Some warrior. <laughs> and Look, looking at this 12-year-old kid. Res- his response to that, to hearing that a tree is a warrior, is then go fight the nothing. Mm. Yeah, if you think and you're so great. <laughs> that's strong. Like, Atreyu is already feeling like he failed at his quest. Mm-hmm. And then to have this thrown in his face like that, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you're this great warrior, then go fight the nothing. Do something about it. And he's feeling completely helpless. It's like Gamork is playing some kind of mind games with him, that, but he doesn't even realize it. Yeah, that's why I made sure to include in my wrap-up, like, it is... It's mocking at the end. Oh, like, yeah. It's not, yeah. It's just pure throwing it in his face. Like, oh, you think you're so great. <laughs> Some warrior you are. <laughs> Go fight the nothing, then. <laughs> He's just a child. Even if he does almost have a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> almost has a mustache. No, this has some dirt in his face. Looking at language, though, realize how, le- how ridiculous that actually is. Go fight the nothing. Well, it's literally... Nothing. So there's nothing to fight. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he can't be throwing punches. Yeah, what did you do? <laughs> or like use his bow. Like, what do you- <laughs> he doesn't have it. Yep, no bow. <laughs> like, even if he had it, there's nothing. You can't. Yep. There's nothing to shoot yep. at or nothing. 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 <laughs> I think it's possibly just supposed to point out the futility of this all. Like, there is no fighting this. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, uh, the side-by-side parallels to depression and a lot of uh, psychological issues that Bastion is, is going through. And- mm, yeah. Definitely. And you don't you don't pick up on this stuff as a kid, like how constantly this keeps coming up. But, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's exactly how people in depressive states feel. Like, you know, there's this thing that's weighing me down that's you know controlling my life that i can't get away from and i have no tools to battle this yeah there's nothing i can do to fight this because it's too overwhelming there's it's like fighting a nothing like what are you gonna do you can't raise a weapon against it all you can do is run Mm. it's futile Like I said, the happiest week. (laughs) Not the saddest, but... (laughs) Yeah, we haven't cried yet. No, that Artax scene has definitely got to be the saddest, right? Mm, For you guys, I assume. That was rough. I definitely felt very obligated that week, too. And and thankfully, our guest did as well to put out some information about suicide awareness and depression and seeking proper help for those situations. But Atreo isn't going down without a fight, apparently. No, he, nope. he is he is so brave here and, and that's one mm-hmm. thing I love about this is even in the face of absolute adversity, like there's even he feels like he has failed and he still has that fire within him to keep fighting regardless. Yeah. yeah I admire that. I definitely do as well. And on that note, I think I'm <laughs> ready to call this an episode. All How right. do you guys feel? I feel good. Good. We're going to talk tomorrow about, guess what? More Gamork. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, everybody else is kind of fake laughing, but I hear Victoria back there. She's like, yay. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to be fun to look forward to, but 
That's, That's another, another story that shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.